What's up, everybody? Welcome to the GMB podcast. So today, very, very special guest. We have James Fitzgerald. So some of you probably heard of him before. Um, first off the bat, the world's fittest man, fittest man in the world, 2007 at the very first CrossFit Games. I think he's ever. fittest on Earth. I think it was fittest on Earth. Was it the fittest world. on Earth? The fittest man yeah. on Earth? Is that right? Yeah. I think so it I was. Think. Not the time. They didn't say it at the time, but I'll take that one. I like the yeah. world, though. I like the, the world. Let's see, you know, in everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's fittest man on Earth. Uh, that was uh, 2007. Your father of two. Been published in multiple publications, including your work in the Journal for Strength and Conditioning Research on Muscle Fatigue. Very cool. Founder of Optimum Performance Training in 1999. and just like me, you like hiking. I really uh, was happy to see that. So something else that I really like about your approach to fitness um, that is also close to what we do is the way that you look at people in the lifestyle. And so the mm. way that you create programs based on their lifestyle needs, and then really helping to create balance in a person's life in terms of what they are after with all of that. And so also yeah. your desire to continue to learn. And so this is something from, you know, stalking you, um, you know, over time is the fact that you always talk about how you just love to learn and, mm. you know, yeah. or with that, your, your knowledge is just incredible for, uh, over the years, what I've, what I've seen that you've done. And I just want to thank you so much for being here with me today. So, Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's a great opener. I appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. Well, so today, uh, we'll kind of dive right into it. And so this is a topic that you brought up that you said that you'd like to talk about. And I think it's fabulous. And so we're just going to take a look at the importance of the basics mm -hmm. and uh, keeping things simple. And, you know, this is something I also talk a lot about, um, in a person's uh, program and, you know, rather than the workout, I like to call it a session, but the same thing, something else that I really like is sometimes you don't call it a wad, you call it a workout of life is that correct uh where you made the difference there i know as you mentioned this before in some of your other uh interviews um, yeah yeah maybe indirectly like, i never thought of that uh changing up the d on the end but that certainly sounds more appropriate yeah i really mm -hmm. liked the uh, you you mentioned that um i can't remember the interview it was but i remember you mentioned that but today we're going to talk about the six movement patterns and okay. you know the seven if you want to look at locomotion but yeah. basically about longevity and really, um, you know, resisting entropy longer. And by the way, we have a t-shirt in uh, GMB, which is uh, kind of a joke that we made. It's a green t-shirt called uh, Entropy Always Wins. So entropy always wins. Ooh, touche. I yeah. like that. Might have to send you one. So let's get right into it. So let's just, let's just start talking. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. Well, I think uh, there was no, there's no direct question there, but I think, uh, maybe a nice area for us to have a conversation is maybe to get people thinking about, um, you know, the actual reason for movement before you get into, you know, what that actually should look like. I think it's very easy to, well, I think, I know it is, it's quite easy to come up with some ideas and not like we're not going to get to a point where there's an agreement on what you should do, but I, I really think that needs to be, uh, we need to pull that one out, right? Like and yeah, say, yeah. what, what is, what, you know, when you say, well, you know, we did this exercise for living long and prospering, right? And I kind of do the screech there. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, well, yeah. let's, let's define what living long and prospering is. Um, because to my point, and I'm not sure if you and your 
your folks have recognized it, uh, there's a lot of options <laughs> for what people uh, consider to be that beacon, right? And because there's no beacon and no definition, um, and no one wants to have the hard conversation, we're just we're just summarizing everything into oh we'll just we'll just do what everyone has always done and what's available and and what you'd like to do, and that's that's what actually has been determining what we do for movement. So before we get there, uh, maybe maybe I'll ask you like what what does your group and your language and your philosophy uh, do you guys massage that question a lot in terms absolutely. of so you know, our the, big thing yeah absolutely so and so this, is, this is huge for us and so it always comes back to your why and so that's our biggest thing and so it's not about doing movement just for the movement's sake in terms of doing something just because someone tells you that you should be doing it it's that why why do you need to be doing this is it good for you does it match in your life? Does it help you to be able to do what you need to do in your life? And so, like we say, like with GMB, it's a method. But the thing is, is it's not about doing more GMB. It's about using GMB to help you for what you need in order to do the other stuff in your life that you want to do, whether that be playing with your kids, whether it be um, being a better rower, whether it be whatever it is. And so I've always been big on that. And so when we founded GMB, Jarlo and Andy and I, uh, I come from a gymnastic and a martial art background. And so that was a big thing with me. But the thing is, is as you grow, as you get older, let's just be honest, things change. Priorities mm. change. Families happen and things. So your balance, as you talk about before in your life, that also changes. And by spending time focusing on that why, why are you, why are you moving? And also looking at the other things that are distractions in your life, focusing more on what you need, not just what, again, someone else out there says that you need to be doing because they are a movement guru. By the way, that's a big thing that we don't like. Yeah. yeah. Guru thing. So, but that's anyway, yeah, in a nutshell right there, that's where we are. Super. Yeah. Awesome. And that helps like, uh, you know, phrase, I guess, where I go on um, some conversation around how you get to that point and yes. the intention of it, because uh, how you get to it, again, is the next point. So if you're establishing a why and we establish the point that we have this belief, which we can massage too in terms of like what that should look like. Um, but if you have this, you know, belief around asking the why, then you have to then have a system in place or some kind of strength in, in your conviction of what you're looking at that determines what people should do mm -hmm. for their movement. So mm -hmm. the next place that you would go, and I think this is going to end up in us coming to a, a good thought process on, well, well if we're going to move, James, tell me what we should do then. Yeah, right. Well, it's largely, to your point, it's not only connected to you know, what you say you want to do to fit the medium. It, there has to be some specificity in there relative to what you're capable of expressing. Right. Exactly. Right. So, yes. So yes. a person's capabilities right. is also in there. So I'm exactly. sure you guys, as well as us, we have right. lots of ideas on assessment to determine, sure. you know, what do you believe to be a good, you know, uh, bending pattern? What do you believe to be a good squatting pattern? Right. What do you believe right. to be pushing and pulling core, et cetera, um, which is leading into your, your first question on our, you know, our belief would be that, you know, if you were to really this is the way I get people to think about it. Imagine there's no such thing as fitness facilities. There's no such thing as barbells. There's like, it never happened. Right. So 
I'm sure you've intersected all those points back in the back in the twenties where people were like, we got to work hard to go to war. You know, everyone's yeah. like, what? Yeah. And then there were sportsmen and strongmen, et cetera. Um, but somehow that sneaked into leisure pursuit, right? And then we established all this stuff. So if you can imagine that never happened, this is where you need to go to, and then just say, well, what are we doing today? You know, yeah. Yeah. you're probably finding your food. You're probably taking care of your loved ones. You're probably trying to grow your, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's got nothing to do with yep. what you see available in there. So my point being on that, the reason why this should stretch your brain a little bit as your users or your coaches is that you got to, you got to touch something and recognize that movement prescription today is really a diversion tactic, a diversion tactic to allow people to just express themselves physically. Why? Because we don't need to move. Exactly. We don't need to move, right? So, so there's that fine, weird line of like, well, I'm not going to go nihilistic and just walk around and chase my food because I got Amazon on my phone. Instead, <laughs> instead, you're going to go, I know we're, we're laughing at this, but that's going to happen in like, no, you know, that's like exactly here, right? right. That's exactly like, I'd right. I like yeah. a burger, and then your yeah, phone's going to be like, boom, this burger. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So because we don't need to do that, we're actually manufacturing it. And so then if, then if you say, well, if we are going to manufacture it, what would be best practices? Yeah. And the way that you yeah. come up with best movement practices is not only based upon evolutionary concepts, yeah. meaning how we're proposed to move. You've got to tie in this level of resilience to give someone a buffer yeah. to express, like you said, whatever they want to do. Right in the periphery, right? So this is where preliminarily I would say you need lots of variation. That means various modalities, various challenges, et cetera. And we squeeze it down to getting into a great principle when you push and pull with your upper body. We call it that, and I can open it up as to why it's called Mm. that, pushing and pulling. You focus on the core as one essential movement. Mm -hmm. You can lunge, you can Mm -hmm. bend, and you Mm -hmm. can squat. Now, the locomotion aspect I put that into a work environment. Yes, yes. I would agree it would be a seventh aspect, but I put it into a work environment, mm-hmm. um, as was expressed you know, earlier even than Paul <laughs> Check way back in the day. Yeah, um, yes. And that allows us to kind of, as a coach and a human, go, mm-hmm. if I'm going to do any of this that I know is folly, but it increases my resilience so right. I can do all the other things I want to do, what should that be? Well, then you're not only just going to do this, right. and you can't see me, but I'm just doing bench press, right? Yeah, bench press, yeah. You're not just going to do that. You need to say, well, what other movements can I do? Absolutely. And in that question, in that question, the pushing, pulling, lunging, bending, squatting, core activities will provide you a balanced approach. And that's why, that's where a coach comes in and gives you some direction on it. Mm-hmm. It allows you to overcome movement solutions which grows your brain, yep, yep. which allows the buffer yep. to, to raise. Oh, this is fabulous, yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're exactly on the same page. And this is another reason why I was very excited to um, have this chat with you because, I mean, we're talking the same language, which is fabulous. And it's not about uh, focusing just on one single thing and just saying, hey, we're done. This is all we do. This is all you need because it's always going to be different. And I like something else that you brought up too is resilience. And it's for when that oh shit moment happens. And that is something that I talk about a lot too, because that's really what we're after. It's not just about, okay, I can squat. Okay, great. But can we move beyond that? Can we sophisticate it in some way for a need that is coming up down the line? Now, it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to 
achieve a particular thing, you know, become some super uh, human type person. But it, it comes down to that, you know, something else recently that we've uh, not been, I wouldn't say necessarily focusing, focusing on um, 100%, but something that comes up is falling. I mean, you know, it's huge, and especially with martial art and whatnot. But the thing is, is falling and having first those assessments in your body to understand really what's going on in your body. Can you perform these basic movements first so that you can start working on sophisticating down the road? And sorry, I'm kind of going off yeah. on that. I'm going no, to go no, ahead no, and let you continue with that. A, so, yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of great things in there. The first thing I think about, which I don't want to uh, divest in too hard in too far is the we're agreeing, right? But, uh, you know, I, I think immediately as soon as someone says that, it's like, well, if we're agreeing to it, it's just N equals two. There's probably N equals 100. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. But my point is, well, why isn't it prevalently obvious that people yes. are doing it? So you and I and everyone had, that's why I like criticizing bad ideas yes. Yes. Uh, because I don't, I don't like the non-critical thinking around this process of it. Otherwise you just succumb and pander to whatever is like popular. Right. So I didn't want to necessarily go there, but I'm just trying to like raise the hairs on people's backs that oh, just great. because you and I agree, no, there great. still has to be a lot of work done absolutely, on the other side absolutely. of it. Um, secondly, I think that the, the, the big challenge that we're probably, you know, that's in front of us to kind of get that across to people is to your point, to find that fine balance, because I'll just take it from my perspective, from competitive fitness, yes, yes. it was sold to a whole market that the unknown and unknowable, therefore, you have to train that way, right? That resembles the dose response of the scare tactic, right? Mm -hmm. So to your point, I just wanted to like say that there's a continuum of what you're describing, right? That allows a buffer zone because people are like, oh, so what you're telling me is, I need to like get ready for like wolf, a wolf pack chasing me at 2 a.m., right? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Zombie no, apocalypse, no, 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 right? I didn't yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, right. No, right. But, it's a, but it's a point yeah. of consideration. Again, you know, a lot of people may not find this important, but there, there is some context to what, is, what it actually looks like that pushes you outside of your capabilities, right? But that doesn't stretch you past what you're currently capable of. So although your users won't be able to see me I'll try to describe it. Like when someone's capable of doing something, this is where they sit, right? At a certain point. Mm -hmm. And when you give them a training program, you give them something that's just, just outside of that, right? And now that's that an important point. Just outside of it, right? Yeah, Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Build yeah. the buffer, right? right? right. So you, you can't train for something unknowable mm -hmm. by saying, this is where you sit and you train for something outside of your capabilities. Right. Right. Because all you're going to do is develop a maladaptive strategy of surviving, right? And that that could look now. This is the this is where it gets scientifically really challenging for us as a movement. Is that if you do all this maladaptive stress training, you actually can have a very fast increase in general health measures. This is where <laughs> this is where it's like, eh, well, so uh, so so then the people are really like, but I saw this research and this group right, did six right, weeks of this. And right. You actually can't provide evidence against that. So what you have to use as a coach is the adapted long-term play model. Back to our first point, you have to have some intention and say, well, you just said you want to do this for 60 years, didn't you? Yeah. How sustainable is that program that you're planning on doing for four weeks? You see, so now they're starting like, 
oh yeah, that's right. Cause, uh, I never thought about that. Right. right so what right, I should be right. practicing is something that's just outside of my capabilities. That is essentially sustainable. Right. Focusing on those, those, good progressions and variations that are going to help that person to get where they need to go. So this is also something in one of your videos a while back that you did. And I, I'm trying to think it was talking about balance, but it was also talking about the intensity versus uh, recovery in terms mm -hmm. of, and this is something that you touched mm -hmm. on as well that reminded me of that is thinking that it should always be intense and hitting it so hard is actually, yeah, it's going to get you there quickly. But the problem is, is in looking at longevity, is that really, what you need and mm -hmm. I just and this is again something that that jumped out at me because I'm talking about that all the time it's you know if you're hitting it so hard all the time you're gonna blow out sometime okay yeah. yes you're gonna see it immediately but the thing is is again looking at that balance and being able to, to continue to do that yeah. and yeah this is especially with me um, you know I, I'm, I apologize I don't know how old you are right now I'm 47 years old and the thing is 46, is I want, 46 great so same age I want to continue to do the things that I'm doing right now for as long as possible. And the only way that I know through experience and looking at the research and doing the work is that you can't think you're going to be revving that car at the red line every single day. Yep. So anyway, yep. coming back to you, continue, please continue. Yeah, no, there is. Well, um, I think there is a program like let's call it the best program. Like, you know, the best program for everyone to live long and prosper, mm -hmm. it actually does exist, right? It actually does exist. It's just that we, we don't want to conform to it being so simple. We want to make it complex for commercial interest and fanciness sure. and whatever, sure. right? Yeah. But there is, there is, I almost called it scripture. Whoops. There is structure. <laughs> <laughs> there is, that could be his, a Freudian slip in there. There is there is structure, right? Uh -huh. There is structure to what makes sense, right? Yes. Yeah. Based upon these areas. So people can think about it in this way to say, well, what is the best one? And how do I, how do I have a, a construct of a litmus that dictates what is good for me? This is how you do it. You got to be able to express whatever you want to express. You got to be able to express it first. Secondly, you got to be able to recover from that, recover from that such that it leads to growth and adaptation. And if those three things don't work together, which they most times don't in a reaching outside of capabilities argument, right? Because yes. these people can try to do what's proposed as the stress, right? So they're like, I'm really doing it. Right. Well, no, you're actually not. You're just flailing. Going through the most minutes, right? right. Yeah. So they're not expressing it. Number two, they feel super sore, which I don't have a hate against soreness, but they're super sore for four days, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that means they can't actually recover from the dose response. And then it does not lead to an improvement in long-term capacity and sustainability. So what they just did there looked like a great sweat, right? And it's local. It's not costly. Yep. Yep. Anyone can do it. Yep. But you can see it pulls people into these horrible behaviors because of it, it's a lack of reality. It's actually not real expression. So this is good. If, you're, if you're asking that litmus, right? If you're like, yes. how do I know if this is connected to me? Because because you you and I, we're, this is almost unfair because you and I have been through the ringer a few right. times, right? right? So right. how do you tell a 22-year-old, right? Exactly, that's it. How do you right tell there. a 22-year-old is like, you know, this is probably what you should be doing because I know you don't care about your knees in 20 years, <laughs> but... Let me tell you that it, 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 you're not expressing it. 
right. these are the signs how you're not recovering from it. Exactly. And yes. this is what growth actually means to improve. And if we can get that, then someone can have a self-evident assessment as to what they're doing that's healthy for them. Because in my point of view, I always find it crazy. I actually know the best path for everyone. There's a book that's written on it, right? It's the book of John or the book of Bill or the book of Todd or whatever. Yes. Yes. But it all has structure right. around those three things. It's just yep. that we want to like blow it out of the water for numerous different reasons. Sorry, I'm, I exhausted that one as well. <laughs> no, I love it. And I, and I want to actually go a little deeper on, on you said expression. And mm -hmm. I love that you said expression. And so I want you to talk a little bit about really what that means yeah. because yeah. And I won't even say anything. I, do, I just want you to go into it, run with that and explain to my listeners. Yeah. So some, I'll show you what a, um, examples of an, ex, an expression could be a simple um, lying on the ground, a tabletop, hip extension, hips up in the air, and you're pushing, a move, uh, pushing something away with you with one arm. Okay. And so if you're capable of doing the entire repetition sequence under control in what was required in the task, that's called an expressed activity, right? And I'm making it very reductionist so people can say, well, what's, what do you mean by expression? What do you not mean by expression? So if a person goes down there and after they were proposed to do a certain number of repetitions time frame for whatever they wanted to do, but the goal was motor control the whole time. And then they do six repetitions and on the seventh and eighth, they extend their hips a little further and their elbow shoots out to the side to get the last two reps. Now, that seems very picky, but it's called a lack of expression of what was required for the movement. So they created an adaptive strategy to do the movement, okay? Let's take another simple example, lunging across the floor without even getting into I want to come back to the falling thing, though, because I think there's a point that could upgrade my knowledge on it and where I kind of sit on the the concept of a survival mechanism in tied inside of that. But let's take, you know, lunges across the floor. You know what a good lunge looks like, and then you know when it doesn't look right, right? So and this is where people get uh, jammed on their thoughts because lots of high-intensity models bleed. If the movement is perfect, everything is fine, right? But it's not. It's the sustainability of the movement that dictates the expression. This point, so someone lunges 10 times across the floor, right? You're like, that looks fucking really good, right? And then they get tired and you, because you're like, ah, let's just go again. Every rep still looks good, but they're taking more rest between every rep now. But you're like, okay, the mechanics are still good, but it took you an extra five seconds to do those 10 lunges, right? And it kind of goes missed. And then she's saying, well, that was a little bit challenging. And then on the third round, now she's got to put her hand on her thigh on the sixth rep. This is another example of a lack of expression. Now, before I finish on that, I can hear so many people like, dude, just get over it. She's getting stronger. She's working hard. People are clapping. Who are you to tell people to stop exercising? This is so prevalent. It's become a common practice to allow this to happen. I'm telling you 90% of everywhere, but it's a lack of actual expression of what's required for the task. The task was sustainable 10 reps of a lunge pattern three times in a row and you couldn't do it. So, so what do you do? Well, obviously you have a better coach and a better thought process. You're like, I'm going to give you something that's slightly going to challenge the mechanics and the time frame, so that by the 10th rep on the third lunge set, right at eight, nine, 10, she's like, Ooh, that was challenging to get those last three. And you're like money now leave <laughs> you've, you've adapted and flirted 
yeah. with what your capacity is, right? That's called capacity of what's truly expressed. Yeah. Another one, which this, this also gets in the, in the field of like Metcons and conditioning and et cetera. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that because they're doing 20 minutes in a row of just like savage, cool looking exercise, they really think they're expressing metabolic conditioning. Now, so here's the, uh, here's the caveat on why it's not. And then people can figure it out for themselves why it's not actually an expression. Because people just like doing a, some kind of a movement, right? And they did it for 20 minutes. They think they're expressing metabolic conditioning. But this is what's happening. For the first two minutes, their body goes into the hypoxic state and they're like, holy shit. And then they're like, oh, I guess this is what's going to happen. 18 minutes of just like, let's survive this thing. So if you actually measure power for the whole time, their power output goes up for the first two minutes. And then it's decreasing for the whole 18 minutes of the rest of the 20-minute workout. So that's called a lack of metabolic expression. Why? Because you're now not adapting, adapting to what you tried to do. What are you doing? You're surviving. So now you're creating a behavioral pattern that exercise is survival. And you've learned, (laughs) this is the sad part, you've learned nothing, nothing. The only only thing you learned, how how to beat yourself up metabolically. How good is that? And back to my point, if you put in a study, you put an OPEX group together for eight weeks and then an intense group together for eight weeks, the intense group has better general health measures, but they're maladapted to what they tried to express. Uh, this is brilliant. And I'm just sitting here listening to you because uh, my listeners are just going to totally jones out over this. And the reason why is because this is what I harp on all the time. And it's, I don't care how many reps you think you can do. It doesn't matter. Are you aware of how you're doing them and what's going on in between those reps? And yeah. so my big thing is make the rep beautiful. Do one rep. Make it beautiful. And then do another one. But being aware of what's going on, not just in how you're moving, but also how you're feeling and what else is going on in the movement. And so this is why I'm constantly trying to get people to slow down, actually, when we're working on skill work, when we're doing skill work, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. Slowing things down makes it more difficult. And in GMB, we focus on three things, strength, flexibility, and motor control. That's really where it's at. And people are always, they, they think they have the strength, they think they have the flexibility, and they think they have the control. But when you go back and really look at it, it's going to be a mixture of those three. And as you progress forward, as you're just saying, it's not a matter of looking at the studies and saying, okay, general health-wise, we're getting better. It's going deeper, being aware of really what's truly going on in the body and within when you're performing yeah. things. And so yeah. listen to this. I like this the, yeah, I like the so fabulous two things there I want to comment on that I'm just admirable of your, that you're teaching your crew is to come up with an internal feedback mechanism because that's what leads to autonomy. That is that's true autonomy. Exactly. That they right become there. aware, they become aware of when they're in and when they're out of their capabilities, right? Yes, yes. That's the key point. So if you can start that with people right away, yeah. I'm just saying that it's that's great that you're doing that to your audience. Um, and uh, I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Please go ahead. Please go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that the, um, I want to uh, segue it into the, the, the language that I use because I want to somehow me- uh, bring together what you guys say just as a, as a, stretch brain stretch experiment for us wonderful yes because i I, because i still want to get to that where i believe i i've been missing out on our education i have the faculties to to do it 
but we've been missing on it. So I'm going to, I'm going to come deeper to that. What you call cool. strength, flexibility, and, uh, and, um, motor control, yes. Motor control. We teach it in the aspect of what a coach is going to express for movement. And we express it from motor control into strength endurance into strength. That's what we, oh, that's what we consider. Yeah. So, but let me, let me say the caveats. So, you know, like where these things fit in. I consider motor control, I think, in your language, mm -hmm. um, the uh, stability-mobility yes. component yes. of the joint-by-joint -joint approach. Like our, our evolution makeup, you know, some joints are supposed to be more mobile than others, and some joints want to be more stable than others. So motor control, for me, includes both of those. I see. Yeah. But I like, I like the fact that you're calling it three different things, and you're, you almost have a triad effect mm -hmm. yes. as opposed yes. to a scaffolding. Right. So I teach as a scaffolding of motor mm. control, yeah. strength, endurance, muscle endurance, and then strength. Does that make sense? Very. Yeah. So That's very interesting. It so, scaffolds people to get to an expression of true strength. Like you know, I would assume you know that you could still you think you're expressing like strength, but in right. my language, strength is a maximal voluntary contraction. Right. Right. That's what, see, right. my language is yes. that. That's why right. I use that as, exactly. a, as a language of it. So yeah. it's you know. Similar goals, but different, and is which I like. I really like that, and um, we could really go deeper into this. Um, I think, though, for the listener, I think this is more like uh, me and you yeah. talking back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sorry. Um, no, 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 don't be, because I'm just. Ugh, I could talk forever about this kind of stuff. So, so we're talking about the expression, and so you're, to, and then uh, moving forward with that expression, and so um, let's kind of take a. A jump back if that if that's okay. So yeah, in, in, yeah, sure. in looking at the six at the six movement patterns, if we can go okay. into those, um, and um, I'm sure that we're going to end up going off on uh, that's all right topic. But go ahead, please. Yes, uh, with the yeah. six movement patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'll review that. Um, you know, you you still got to think about that context. There's no such thing as fitness, and that that's important as a presupposition, right? People because they're because all they'll attach to is like so bench and prone row, and then right. it's like. No, don't go there yeah. first. You got to go there to like, why should we do right. these exact things, right? Exactly. And so uh, based upon uh, standing on the shoulders of giants, there's been lots of people that have actually done movements and exercise for a long period of time. And it's a fine balance between what we're, depending upon your belief, uh, designed to do um, that allowed us to propagate as a species and the way that you can then align and say, well, you know, if you have some ideas on movements, what should they be? They have to be evolutionary, natural selection, species improvement based, right? So grasping, we probably had to grasp. That's the aspect of pulling something. That's our pulling mechanism or how we're classifying that. Um, we do have the capabilities to punch and throw, which is what we'd be consider either pulling or pushing activities, right? We do have the ability to stabilize our spine involuntarily through intradominal pressure, which luckily enough gives us great shits and great crap. Um, and it shouldn't be too hard, but you do have to do some form of initial abdominal pressure. But we have these mechanisms set up where just, but just think about this. Think about this human system, right? When we do an intraabdominal pressure, our spine can hold unbelievable physical loads, right? When you get, when you study the levers, you could talk, you know listen to uh, uh, Stu McGill talk about that and its its makeup. I mean, it'll just blow your mind of the physics around that. 
But what I find more interesting is that, are you telling me that when I go eh, like that, this thing could hold all that? And he's going, yeah, that's thinking. So I, I go, why? Why would us humans be devised to do that? And I don't go any further than that just to go, well, it exists, so we probably should practice it, right? And then as you know, in an environment, you're going to have to do certain kinds of breathing around that bracing based upon what you need to express. So we can go super paleo on that, saying you got you to haul a carcass home, you got to put it on your back. You're going to have to do multiple different bracing strategies in order to do those things or to throw or to punch or to take a kick or to throw a sword or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and for the lower body stuff or those patterns, it does become a little bit more, I guess you could say there's more queries inside of what they would look like. But it's based upon experiment and evidence that these joints can move in these manners. And we don't really have like a super strong argument based upon evolutionists to say we should do it. A lot of people pull in the, you know, um, Orientalism concept of squatting, you know, to get low, um, you know, gardening and bending and stooping at the bit. It's like, yeah, I guess, you know, it's probably a concept of that. But really, I look at it and say, we can do those things. And when you create challenges to those things, if they're done progressively, it leads to some good robustness and resilience. That's my, you know, argument to it. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a super hard one, but we're able of expressing them. And because uh, I look at lunging, like it's kind of middle zone between locomotion running. And uh, you, could, you could argue that point too. But these movements in the lower body, lunging, squatting, and bending are just set up for us. And we have certain angles and lanes that we can be in. There's not massive variability inside of those lower body patterns. So it offers us an opportunity to get lots of uh, different stuff on top of it. So pushing and pulling and core activities could be consumed as being more primal. And then you have bending, squatting, and lunging. Um, and then if you throw some locomotion on top of that, as I said, it turns into a work scenario that I'm concerned about for metabolism outside of mechanics. And so inside those six pieces, I'm not sure where you wanted to take it besides that, but uh, that's how oh, I kind of formulate great. my ideas on balancing those things out. You know? Yeah, that's fabulous. And the thing is, is I like something else too. I mean, not to just simplify it, but um, because we can. That was something that, that I really like. And I, you know... You can always argue for whatever, but the thing is, is we can. Yeah, because like we can, yeah. we and to see you go. Well, what can't we do? Well, right. I can't turn my head around. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, I mean I can't. Yeah. I can't grab something in the middle portion of my back. Yeah. Right. Right. But that that at least makes you go. Oh yeah, right. Then exactly. there are limitations. Yes. Right. Yes. There are limitations yes. as to how we're built, right. and if you study, um, you know, older models of you know evolution, you'll basically be able to see a bipedal throwing, kicking, surviving, you know, it kind of makes sense as to why we're right. set up the way we are. Our eyes are here. This yeah. is what we have in front of us. Right. You know, so, and then, and then you should just like get a little bit more specific and instead of just going, well, I see a bench press. So that's probably what the pushing should be. It's like, well, open up your, open up your thoughts to what pushing could be because having someone in front of you and they're trying to push you back, but you're holding them from pushing you back. That's a pushing scenario. So you see now we're like, tying in truly more of an evolutionary concept right. of pushing, right. Right? right? But also not escaping the fact that, yeah, the previous mentioned dumbbell press is a push, sure. right? Sure. Front leaning rest on the floor is a push. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah. Holding yourself static up on two chairs is a push. Yeah. Yeah. So now it allows you to go, oh, okay, there's lots that can go into the pushing element. Category, yeah. I forgot to mention, too, why I think I always create a structure to that is that, because, and I'm sorry, because you said it, so I forgot to even mention it. 
it allows us to create structure around someone's head-to-toe balance. Yes, yeah. Balance, right? right? We're not right. always doing squatting, right? right? Or right. we're not always hinging. Yeah. Right? So I was just mimicking like a swing fanatic that thinks that you're going to get all those things in a swing. It's like, right. I think swings are fantastic, but have you ever done a pull-up? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right, yeah. There's lots of lots of movements you could do, you know, um, and and that's where I bring in the variability. I'm a big fan of multiple modalities. Yes, yes. So I guess I like I'm that, more yeah. progressive. I guess in terms of what it would be like for for movement, like I do prescribe machines, pulleys, bands, dumbbells, kettlebells, barbells. I prescribe it all based on what they're capable of. Exactly. Yeah. That, it's that variability component that allows right. them to increase motor control. Yeah, I love. So even on your Instagram account for OPEX. Um, what was it? There was there was an image that you had where you would give three examples of of the push, the pull, and the core, as well as the squat, uh, the hinge, and the lunge, dependent upon your level and, and your needs, which I thought was wonderful. And so that's also yeah. something I really like. It's not oh, you should just be doing heavy barbell squats. Done. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and that's the thing with us too. And I got to be honest, it's. With GMB, uh, we focus mainly on body weight movements. Simply, it's not because, and I just shot a video about this the other day uh, regarding other modalities. And the thing is, is I love everything, and I think it's, it's, I think, I think anything can be good for anyone in the sense if it's if it's for if it if it's a good program for that person, right? And I think we agree with this. It's, it's not just it has to be this or this. We just happen to use body weight just because it was a good expression, a uh, different kind of meaning of what you were after, but a good expression of how we could share the method with other people as well exactly. as my background and whatnot. But yeah. I, I want to I take this a little bit further if, if okay with you. Yeah. Where do we start? So we come to you and obviously we're going to have an assessment and you're going to give us an you know, you're going to prescribe the, the necessary things, but where do we start though? If we were to come to you or we're interested in, in learning more about what's going on with you and say, Hey, you know what? I want to learn from James. What does that start look like? Oh, uh, to learn from me about what, what I teach or to, well, like or for where example, a person I'm a client. Start the I'm, a client. Program. I'm a client. Oh, a client. Yeah. I'm a client. So, I come to you and I'm like, Hey, yeah. Uh, so what, it's what I said earlier. How do you get here? And what are you capable of? That's how we determine what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So, and that gets a little bit more open, but you have to honor the fact of what the experiences that someone brings to the table first, right? So you're 48 years old. You, you can't as much as you, or you're, you know, let's just say, I'll give you an avatar, classic avatar, 33 year old, former pro athlete, okay. now out of shape for five years. Right. You right. can't discount the fact of the strength of that cognitive function of the athlete essence, right? So for you to be like, ah, oh, here we go, classic, out of shape, former athlete, right? That that's you're you're not giving some story right. to what goes into the design because yeah. if you can if you're gonna say that all that cognitive work doesn't impart on faster adaptation, you are gonna miss the boat on those right. people, right. right? So how you got here largely dictates what we call your training age. Hmm. So how many years or what have you actually been doing in physical challenges? Because yeah. that will largely dictate for us backroom to say, where do you sit on this maximal expression long term? Sure, right? sure. Yeah. So if you're a client, I want to know how you got here. Yeah. Secondly, we will go through an assessment. Mm -hmm. We classified in three areas, body, move, work. Body would be anthropometrics, 
height, weight, body weight, body composition if it's necessary, et cetera. Second, we take them through all those former movement patterns. Yeah, just be like, oh, let's just see exactly how you perform with these really basic ones that are mostly, they're not even physical challenges. They're just, just show me what you can express, right? I, see, and I can take you through those. Yeah. And then we take everyone in our method mm -hmm. through a flywheel bike test for 10 minutes. Because yes, anyone which, can do it. Anyone can do it, right? You just got to sit on the bike and yeah, move. Exactly, right, Worst thing's yeah. going to happen is you're just yeah. going to not move, you know? Yeah. But it does give us a real good <clears throat> base support so we're not, <coughs> excuse me, we're not guessing as to what the metabolic training should be for people. Right. Back to the assessment for movement after yes. we've figured out what your training age is. We do a toe touch, Ooh. which will basically get at some concept of bending. Okay. We do an air squat or whatever they deem is called a squat in their nice. own brain. Nice. We do Instead a static of showing lunge. them what they should be doing, I love it. Yeah, that. it's like, That's, just, we what do, do you think a squat thing. is? Show me your squat. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, we do a static lunge, which yeah. we, we put them into position, what we call a split stance, and say, drop your knee to the oh, ground okay. and yeah, stand sure. back up. Yeah. Uh, we do a side bridge. We do a front leaning rest and we do a rear leaning rest, which is like a reverse bridge or people could call it some different things. And that takes care of all the challenges in my mind around asymmetries in the scapula, symmetries around the core, symmetries around the pelvis, and then their squatting and bending pattern. From that, from that alone, I mean, it sounds, when you see it so often, I know exactly I, what the 50-year program is. Yeah, I can look I totally at it and go, this is exactly what sure. you need to do, right? Yeah, now, I mean, a lot of people would, would be like, that's, that's impossible. When you see it so often, and then you, I've been in this for 25 years, right, right. you know what it looks like that's healthy for 20 years. So you can start building the process. You build those two things. What is your training age? What are you capable of expressing? That's what you get for your program. It's just in front of what your capabilities are. Yes. I, hope, I hope I made sense on what, what the process is. In order absolutely. To well, to me, absolutely. And it makes total sense to me. And it's because it's smart. It's, it's true. And I especially, you know, want to bring it back to the fact that um, you're, you're looking at that capabilities and working at the level that they should be working at. And, and that's what I just, I appreciate that so much because you just yeah. see so many things out there where a person gets a program and they're like, all right, let's jump in. Yeah, this could be a hard one for coaches, right? So that's why we use this theoretical model of a training age. But to go further than that, this is a simple way to do it. You basically have to have an intervention strategy and then look at point A to point B and say how fast they adapt in that in that short term. That will give you more insight, yes. more insight yes. in terms of their adaptation speed, speed of learning. And where they go. Example, let's take the perfect example. 33-year-old guy's been out of shape for five years, but from 15 to 28, he was guns a-blazing, right? Guns a-blazing, true athlete, right? But he's done nothing for five years. So you would be, you would say, you know, I'm not going to use that same kind of adage that you're saying, oh, you're just starting off, you're a brand new person. Mm. If you gave him an A to B program, you'd see that his level of improvement would not be that high. Why? Because essentially we only have so many times to go to the bank to your point on expression or my point on expression. Right. So he's filled, he filled, what was it? 14 years right. yeah. of going, right. going hard, whatever it was yeah. four times yeah. a week for 14 years. Right. So when you get to that 28 year old, no matter how much time you take off cognitively and neuro neuromuscular, he has remembered what he's capable of expressing. So back to the point, you're like, well, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how fast you're going to adapt. Just go point A 
intervention, point B. And if you see after six weeks, I'm just throwing some numbers, yeah. that they're not really moving that far, then you go, that makes total sense. Yeah, right. right? You're not going to make any massive improvements, massive improvements of mechanics or true definitions of expression right, right. because you put yourself in that area for 14 years. Absolutely. But this is important to recognize that a 21-year-old who's done nothing, right, what are they going to do in the intervention? Their intervention right? exactly. is going to yeah. be like all the right. new gains, right? Exactly. So then you yeah. can say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense, right? But it's important to think about those things because then we don't classify people in, right. uh, in yeah. like, well, what is available? And that's what I think you should do. That's like the that's like the worst thing ever that's prevalent in fitness today, right? It's like, well, we got ropes. It's like, is that <laughs> a reason for doing them? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, oh, we got heart rate monitors. Like, that's not the reason. The reason you should do it is based upon what they can express and what they're capable of. And that's how we determine, you know, where they're going to go. I love it. Yeah, coming back to that why. So, yeah. listen, you know, we can t- I I I would love to talk to you for like well, five we should do more. hours. I I think this is. So, what I would actually like to do is we're going to wrap it up here, but if you're open to it, what I'd like to do is see if we can get some questions specifically based upon when your interview goes out. I'm going to ask you more questions as well, yes. and I want to get you back on the podcast so we can talk more in depth yeah, about that sort of thing. I want to say thank you so much for being on here with yeah, me. Thanks for having uh, me. Any last questions, anything, some, some knowledge bombs you want to drop on us to end with? Uh, yeah, probably just a, well, it may not be a knowledge bomb, but um, just because something exists doesn't mean you should do it. Love it. That's so, so cool. Where can that's we just, find that's you? That's fitness wrapped up today. Yeah, right, right there, yeah. right? Just because it exists yeah. doesn't mean you know. So where you can find me, opexfit.com. That's cool. probably the place you'll see all the stuff we have to offer. Um, I just had a, a meeting this morning, you know, wrapping up what we've been doing. I'm pretty proud of what we've been doing for the past decade. Uh, we're, what I feel like, I can go to sleep at night and feel happy. We're making a dent on raising the value of a coach. Um, which essentially are the soldiers out there on the front line, like pushing this narrative and pushing this story. So you go to opexfit.com, you'll, you'll see that's basically our, our number one thing. You can follow me on Instagram where I post my daily movement rituals and what I do inside there. There's lots of creative thoughts that I have that people can like possibly use to see what I'm up to. Uh, that's J Fitz Opex. Um, and then I have the same handle on Twitter. I only just post what I listen to for podcasts. Um, including this one. I love going back and listening to the cool. questions and how I kind of re- can refine my message and see where I was uh, in and at a lane in terms of some of the things and uh, making that better. Um, so yeah, that's where you can go. That's great. And like always, we're going to have all that information below. So uh, for the okay. listeners to access that, so it's all good. I want to thank you again. All right, everybody, go back, listen to this again, take that knowledge, check out what James has to offer, and we'll talk to you soon.